Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good afternoon, Southwest Florida. Good Friday to you. Welcome to the Larry Timko Show on 1070 NBC Sports, brought to you by Mary Brown's Diner on Placida Road in Englewood, across from Lemon Bay High School, home of the Big Mary Chicken Sandwich, made fresh, never frozen, plucked right here in Florida. I love it. All the food is locally fresh, which is awesome. And don't forget about Mondays. You can get a Big Mary Chicken Sandwich for only $2.99, Mondays only. Well, welcome to the Larry Timko Show, the Friday edition. Lots of things to get to today as Kevin Cash has announced his starting rotation for the season. We'll get into that a little bit. A four-man rotation with a bullpen day. We'll talk about that. I have some football news, which we'll get to at some point today. Erica Andreas from Vasani's will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. But we're going to spend a good chunk of our show today talking college basketball. I have my bracket in my hand, and all I can say is, can I get a mulligan? Can I get a do-over? Because my bracket is already busted. Not severely, but it probably will be by the weekend is over. Uh, my final four team, I'm sure everybody lost this game. Who in their right mind took Buffalo over Arizona? Anybody? If you did, I would love to hear about it. 941-206-1070 or 800-668-1070. I had Arizona going all the way to the final four. I had them beating North Carolina, and then I had them beating Duke for the national championship. (laughs) Arizona's out. They lost to Buffalo. Un-freaking-believable. Buffalo, who is making their first trip to the NCAA tournament, and they upset Arizona. Now, I know Arizona had its issues. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I, I had to do some research on this. Buffalo. They are such a basketball powerhouse. (laughs) They constantly send players from college into the NBA. In fact, I did some research. You know how many Buffalo players are currently in the NBA right now? For the 2017-2018 season? Zero. There are zero Buffalo players currently playing in the NBA. All time. You know how many Buffalo players have played in the NBA since 1946? Zero. Zero. They have never sent a college player to the NBA. We're talking Buffalo. I can only name one athlete that ever turned professional coming out of Buffalo, and that's Khalil Mack. <laughs> He's the only one that I can name out of Buffalo. And yet here they are upsetting Arizona, and my bracket is completely busted. Uh, there was a couple of games that I missed out on, but overall I did all right. I, out of 16 games yesterday, I picked 12 correctly. Uh, yeah, I missed the Arizona-Buffalo game. I'm sure a majority of us did. I I took Alabama to beat, or I took Virginia Tech to beat Alabama. That was a mistake. I took Oklahoma to beat Rhode Island. That didn't work out. And I took Miami to beat Loyola of Chicago, and that did not work out either. So I'm looking at uh, today's games. 
who's gonna who's gonna knock me out? But uh, let's take a look at some of these things, Dean. Because I mean, we know Arizona. This is what I thought. All right, the FBI investigation into Sean Miller and his Arizona program. We wasn't sure how it was gonna affect Arizona. I really thought they're gonna take this investigation, rally around their coach, and use this as motivation to just trample everybody through the tournament. But that wasn't the case at all. Not only were the Wildcats upset by Buffalo, they were routed. They wasn't even close. This is the 13th seeded Buffalo Bulls. Not often do you see a 13th seed basically empty its bench so they can get playing time for the walk-ons. Yeah, that's what happened. They had a 25-point lead. Just about everything. I mean, everything went wrong from Arizona. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, lack of effort was one of them. I think the they they got overworked for about 40 minutes of this game. Really, Buffalo beat Arizona to every loose ball. Despite starting those two twin towers in the front court, Arizona was out-rebounded. They shot just two for 18 from outside, and they allowed the Bulls to hit 15 from 30 on the three-pointers. It, it, this, this was a lot. This was not just a one-game loss. This FBI investigation is going to continue. There's going to be tons of questions about Sean Miller and his involvement in any illegal activities, and his job security is going to continue. You can be sure about that. And now that he's got this loss, and he's going to probably lose DeAndre Ayton as he enters the NBA draft. That's another big loss for Arizona. So, I think what we just witnessed last yesterday was the end of an era. But I got to give the Arizona Wildcats some credit because. Up until this year, they were a pretty dominant program that you can count on being in the Elite Eight pretty much every year. So Arizona really let me down. I'm sure they let a bunch of people down, and I'm sure Vegas is very happy right now. Uh, The Pac-12, oh my goodness. The Pac-12 failed to make it past the first round. Uh, Yeah, disappointing showing. Well before the clock struck midnight on the first day of the tournament action, the entire conference was wiped away. Both UCLA, Arizona State lost in Dayton. Uh, wow, Arizona's blown out. We just talked about it was already a disappointment for the league to receive just three bids, especially with two of them playing in these uh, playing games. For all three to fail to even finish out the week in place tomorrow is a telling indicator of just how soft the Pac-12 was this season. And the tele- the selection committee favored Arizona State's success right out of the conference to USC success in the Pac-12. And it feels like the right choice in hindsight, but oh boy, the Pac-12 was just horrible this year. Well, we're going to dive into that in a little bit, too. I want to break that down. Uh, some under-the-radar stars really enjoyed some breakout games. That's been fun to watch. Uh, you know, the NCAA tournament does put a spotlight on college basketball when more casual fans and us media outlets finally start paying attention to the sport. People tune in, knowing the names of the elite players and the big programs. But even superstars at lesser-known programs can be relatively unknown by March. And I'm not talking about the mid-major standouts either, but about power conference players who just haven't become household names yet. And two of those players had that kind of game that I think is going to get them some recognition. One is Houston guard Rob Gray. He had 39 points, including the game-winning layup in the Cougars' first-round victory over San Diego State. Everything that Gray wanted to do versus the Aztecs, I swear he found a way to accomplish it. Stutter steps, pump fakes, he just looked so smooth. It looked like he was playing in slow motion. And then Texas Tech's Keenan Evans was just absolutely excellent as the Red Raiders held off an upset bid from their in-state foe, Stephen F. Austin. Evans finished with 23 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. And when the game was real close in the final minutes, Evans said, Give me the ball! And he, they did. They gave him the ball, and he made things happen. Both he and Gray might just be getting started on their breakout performances this month, so keep an eye on them. Uh, Trey Young of Oklahoma put up a big fight before exiting. 
Oklahoma basically lived into the tournament, surprising many that they not only were invited to the tournament, but they actually avoided the playing game in Dayton. Because the Sooners, man, if you look at their record, they lost 11 of their last 15 games. Really looked like a shell of a team that picked up big wins in those non-conference schedules. Uh, playing against a very capable Rhode Island team, many expected Oklahoma to put up little resistance and have their season end. Instead, the Sooners put up quite a fight. Trey Young scored 28 points on 9-18 shooting with 7 assists. Oklahoma's superior size and athleticism gave an advantage over the mid-major Rhode Island team. The Rams are the real deal, though. E.C. Matthews, Jared Terrell, and one of the nation's best backcourts proved themselves versus Young yesterday. So Rhode Island's path leads them to a meeting with Duke, who easily rolled over Iona. So I took Oklahoma to beat Rhode Island. Rhode Island stepped up. Now they got to play Duke. I don't see them getting past Duke. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, they came through in the clutch. The Missouri Valley Conference champs were kind of a trendy pick in their first round game versus Miami. That's why I took Miami. Uh, For the better part of the game, they did hold their own, playing the Hurricanes to a standstill. In the game's final minutes, though, Miami did what many tournament favorites have done before. They built some separation and took control. Miami led by five points with two minutes and 47 seconds left to play. But Loyola continued to scratch and call back in the game. Uh, that culminated with a three-pointer from Dante Egram just before the buzzer sounded. <laughs> oh, my. What a game. Uh, they struggled from outside the arc early in the game, too. Then they hit four of their final seven three-point attempts to steal a first-round win. So Loyola beats Miami without its offense firing on all cylinders. So if the Ramblers make some shots early and often in tomorrow's matchup with Tennessee, I don't know if there's any reason why they can't advance and play next weekend, even though in my bracket I do have Tennessee winning that game. And through 16 games, only two lower seeds were able to steal wins. That was Loyola and Buffalo. We saw others come close, though. Stephen F. Austin, Davidson, believe it or not, San Diego State, UNCG, South Dakota State, even Penn. For one reason or another, each of their upset bids kind of fizzled out. Some just couldn't keep the game close, while others just wilted down the stretch or got beat by a big-time play. In the end, though, most of the first-day madness came up, came on the cart, not on the final scoreboards. With 16 more games queued up for today, the law of averages would lead me to believe that some Giants are going to fall today. Even if it's still a relatively normal Friday, I think this weekend's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> March Madness never takes a year off. It just takes a bit of time to get some craziness going on. So we'll, I, I got a good feeling about this weekend. Alabama and Seton Hall, they are going to be some tough outs. Uh, in Thursday's two matchups of the 8 and 9 seeds, the winners emerged with momentum and looked ready to challenge those respective top seeds. Earlier yesterday, Seton Hall bullied North Carolina State in a high-paced shootout. Five Pirates scored in double figures, led by 26 points from senior guard Kadeen Carrington. On a day when Kansas looked shaky at times, Seton Hall looked ready for the Jayhawks. Elsewhere, Colin Sexton led Alabama to a victory over Virginia Tech, another one I lost. That was a slugfest of a game in Pittsburgh. He's a freshman, and he posted 25 points on just 14 shots from the field, and he did most of his damage stealing the game at the free-throw line, too. Three Hokies fouled out with many of the fouls coming, trying to keep Sexton out of the lane. And Villanova's guards, they can play with anyone, but they're going to be tested by, tested by Sexton tomorrow. Gonzaga and Ohio State got tested. The West region really has the potential to fall apart and descend into chaos. And I think that almost started yesterday with that wild doubleheader in Boise. Gonzaga was pushed to its limit by a really feisty UNC Greensboro team. Spartans hounded Gonzaga guards for the entirety of the game. Full-court press, constant trapping. That aggressiveness wore down Gonzaga, keeping UNCG in the game. 
Bulldog freshman Zach Norville drained a three-pointer to seal the win for the Zags. It was a nail-biter of a game. Gonzaga is going to meet Ohio State after the Buckeyes snuck past South Dakota State yesterday afternoon. Buckeyes drew a foul on a three-point shooter on a two crucial crunch time possessions. That capitalized with a four-point play and a set of three free throws. Ohio State survived a great game from South Dakota State because of scoring machine Mike Dom. Junior forward dropped in 27 points, yet was nearly matched by Ohio State's leading scorer, Big Ten Player of the Year, Kieta Bates-Diop. The Buckeyes and Bulldogs, now they can take a deep breath before they square off tomorrow. And these two teams already met this season, with the Zags winning very handily back in November in that PK-80 tournament. Villanova and Duke, they coast. No big deal for them. Some 15 and 16 seeds seem to make life difficult for title contenders as they play in the first round. Others get trampled and make their opponents look very good. Villanova and Duke, they steamroll through the first round with neither ever looking to be in any danger. Both teams' top players looked impressive before getting some rest. For Villanova, both uh, Mikel Bridges and Jalen Brunson scored in double figures. They left the game before totaling 30 minutes played. And now with a tough second-round opponent waiting in the rings, a light Thursday load can do some wonders after a really long season. In Duke's tournament over, our opener, Blue Devils were barely challenged by Iona. By Iona. Wendell Carter Jr. played only 24 minutes, so Duke's bench got some necessary experience. And finally, one more thing I want to bring up, Penn. They fall short in their bid to make history. See, every year, one of the 16 seeds starts to get some buzz as the club can finally pull off the ultimate upset. And Penn really took on that role this year thanks to some perils and Penn's strengths and their weaknesses of their opponent in Kansas. Jayhawks, they shoot a ton of threes. They rely on jump shots rather than attacking the rim. Penn finished among the best teams in the nation in defending the three-point line. So some people, not me, theorized that if the Penn Quakers can make the outside shooting game difficult for Kansas, that Jayhawks would go cold and we might see a tight game. But come on, man, they got Bill Self. And he's been around the block enough to read the same stats and talk about the same stuff that we're talking about. Kansas was aggressive, shooting as many three throws as threes. It was only the sixth time this season the Jayhawks took more foul shots than three-point jump shots. So upsets happen in the NCAA tournament, but not just on the one day. So we only have really two upsets, and uh, that's about it. But I want to talk about the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is completely out while the SEC is still perfect. And I want to break that down in just a little bit. What we'll do is we'll take our first break, run our Rays report, and we'll talk more tournament before we talk Tampa Bay Rays. On 1070 NBC Sports, the Larry Timko Show brought to you by Mary Brown's Diner on Englewood or on Placida Road in Englewood across from Lemon Bay High School. Playoffs? What are talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Southwest Florida's new 1070 NBC Sports Radio, where action speaks louder than coaches. Pump it in there, baby! Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword LOCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LOCK to 200-200. There you are. I've got great news. When you use your Capital One Venture card to book and pay for a room on Hotels.com slash Venture, you'll earn 10 miles for every dollar you spend at thousands of hotels. Doesn't that sound amazing? It does. Just like the smooth jazz in this hotel lounge. Wow, Captain Obvious. I didn't realize you were such a jazz fan. I have two loves in my life. This deal and the jazz tuba. (laughs) 
Clearly, it loves you right back. What's in your wallet? Offer available through January 2020. Capital One Bank USANA. Charlotte County Community Services wants to hear from you. On March 21st and 22nd, there are public meetings being held for the Regional Bicycle Pedestrian Master Plan. This is your chance to have your voice heard on where you believe are the safest places to build the new bike lanes, sidewalks, and trails to make it safer to walk and bike around Charlotte County. For more information, log on to ccmpo.com for the scheduled meeting times. It's time to get up, get out, and get active. Who will have the luck of the Irish this weekend at 417 Southern Speedway? Open wheel modified, Sportsman Street Stock, Outlaws at Bendy Stock Battle to claim their pot of gold. Gates open at 4, admissions only $15. Sorry, cash only. 417 Southern Speedway, Piper Road, Punta Gorda. For a limited time, Wendy's Quarter Pound Double Stack is just $1. That's right, a tasty two-story tower of melty cheese made with fresh, never-frozen beef for just a buck. And since Wendy's Double Stack has a whole quarter pound of beef, it's the best double cheeseburger you can get for just $1. But a deal this big doesn't come around every day. So get a quarter pound double stack at Wendy's, because it won't be a dollar forever. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. And participating Wendy's. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. For more information about contests on this station, go to 1070NBCSports.com slash rules. Oh, my God. Easy money. Win one thousand dollars. I won a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Really, I won a thousand dollars. I won a thousand dollars. Every hour, every weekday. Every hour, every day. Every easy. Yes. Money. I just won a thousand dollars. I just won a thousand dollars. I won a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. I just won one thousand dollars. Text. You won't believe how easy it is to win. I put it in my phone. Text two hundred, two hundred in their cards, saying I won a thousand dollars. Easy money. Your chance to win. Brought to you by. Did you know Moe's caters everything? Seriously. From baby showers to meteor showers, first birthday parties to retirement parties, and graduations to reunions. So order today at moes.com slash catering for your next office lunch or get-together. This is Neil Solaz with the Rays Report. The Rays announced the rotation on Thursday. Manager Kevin Cash says Chris Archer will start the opener followed by Blake Snell, a bullpen day, Nathan Ovaldi, and Jake Faria. The reasoning behind the bullpen day on Game 3, it just allows with all the off days for us to manage specifically Nate's workload coming out of the gate. Specifically, Ivaldi will get an extra day off after his first, second, and fourth starts in April as he comes off rehab from Tommy John surgery. For Archer, it's his fourth straight opening day start, the first player in franchise history to receive that honor. To do a four consecutive years... It's, it's always a goal of mine, and it's such a pitching-rich organization. It's, it's an honor every single year to represent the Tampa Bay Rays in the first game of the season. On the field, the Rays fell to the Twins and will visit Minnesota in Fort Myers on Friday. With the Rays Report, I'm Neil Solons. Catch the Rays all season on the Rays Radio Network. For tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com. Only 13 more days until first pitch opening day. And the Tampa Bay Rays uh, take on the Boston Red Sox opening day. That'll be uh, 13 more days, and you can catch that game live right here on 1070 NBC Sports. Pre-game at 3.30. 
first pitch at 4 o'clock with Dave Wills and Andy Freed and Neil Solon. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to talk about the Rays here in just a little bit and that pitching staff now that the rotation is set. But we're still talking college basketball and the big tournament. And the Conference of Champions was anything but in this year's NCAA tournament. Pac-12 had one of the worst performances by a major conference since the field expanded to 64 teams back in 1985. Yeah, you heard that right. It's not the all-time worst. It's not even the worst year ever for the Pac-12, but going back to 1985, it was pretty bad. See, back in 1985, if you're not familiar with the history of the college tournament, the Pac-12 back then was the Pac-10, and they sent four teams to the newly expanded NCAA tournament, and all four lost in the first round. The league's highest-seeded team that year was Washington. The Huskies lost 66-58 to to 12-seeded Kentucky, (laughs) 8th-seeded USC, And a pair of 10 seeds, Arizona and Oregon State, also lost their first games. Pac-12 also went 0-3 in 1981 when it was still a 48-team field. Uh, That was actually a much more disappointing performance by the conference because the three teams the league sent to the tournament that year were all number one seeds. Well, they were the number one seed, Oregon State, the number two, Arizona State, and number three seed, UCLA. All lost their first-round games, and only the Beavers in Oregon were competitive. ASU and UCLA lost by 17 and 23. (laughs) The all-time record for uh, the number of teams a major conference sent to the tournament in which all lost their first games actually belongs to the SEC, which went 0-5 back in 1989. Alabama was the highest-seeded of the teams at number 6. The regular season champion Florida was ranked 7th while Vanderbilt was ranked 8th and LSU and Tennessee earned the 10 seeds. The only close game loss was the Crimson Tide, which lost to South Alabama by two. Still, there's just no sugarcoating how bad this tournament was to the Pac-12, man. It was horrible. Uh, I mean, God, the trouble actually began even before the tournament started when second place USC was left out. And, and set the record for the highest RPI for a major conference team omitted from the field. Then the league became the first to send two teams to the first four. Then both of those teams, Arizona State and UCLA, lost. Uh, Arizona's face planning against Buffalo, I think, was it was bad. It was actually the third worst loss by a number four seed to a double-digit seed in tournament history. Wildcats ranked as high as number two this season, and they lost by 21 to the Buffalo Bulls, <laughs> which ties Vanderbilt's 2008 drubbing by Siena for third on that list. LSU lost to Navy by 23 in 1985, and in 1999, 12-seeded Missouri State beat number 4 Tennessee by 30 in a second-round game. So the Pac-12 ends the 2018 tournament not just 0-3, but 0-3 to teams from upstate New York. That includes one to Syracuse, the team the committee was most criticized for selecting. So go Jim Beheim, go Orangeman. Nice. <laughs> All right. So I'm just looking at that. It's just the Pac-12 is an absolute mess. So looking at, uh, let me get my bracket out here. Looking at today's matchups, uh, we uh, do have games underway right now. Uh, we'll have live action from the tournament starting at 3 o'clock today. And then tomorrow and Sunday, all the action will start at noon. So we got some good games coming up in the second round. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I like watching the college basketball tournament. I really wish the uh, college, or college football would take a note from this and, and kind of develop a kind of a playoff system the same way with brackets. Instead of 64 teams, though, because that's just going to that's just too long for football. But I don't see why. I mean, they do a, a four-team now. Why can't they do an 8, a 12, or even a 16-team bracket? 
because, man, who knows what Central Florida could have done last year. They went undefeated. I mean, they beat Auburn. They beat Alabama. And yet, they didn't get a chance to compete for the national championship. And I just don't think that's right. If they were in a college basketball bracket type of thing, I think we might have seen a different champion this year. That's just my opinion, but it, you never know. I just, I, I just, I like the way the bracket's set up. I, I, I like the tournament style of play. It just makes everything more interesting, more exciting. I think more fans gravitate towards this tournament more than anything. I mean, come on, seriously. How many of you have actually followed college basketball all season long? I honestly haven't. I really haven't really started paying attention until like a week and a half ago, to be honest with you. It's just, you know, there's just so much going on with spring trading, NFL football free agency, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on fire, uh, uh, NBA basketball. It's just There's so much going on. It's kind of hard to just focus on college basketball. But once March Madness takes place, everything else is kind of put on hold. Yeah, spring training. We got 13 more days till baseball. We'll worry about that later. Uh, NFL free agency. Yeah, pretty much everything broke the last couple of days. So now we can just focus on the tournament. So that's what I like, focusing on the tournament. And that's what's going on right now. And if you watch some of these games, man, they're just it's been exciting to watch. Now, if you're not a college basketball fan like my son, he's 12 years old, loves hockey, loves baseball, watches a little Orlando Magic, just can't get into college basketball. He's hating life right now because there's a basketball game on every single channel on cable, man. True TV, TNT, TBS, ESPN, everybody's got a college basketball game on right now, so he, he can't watch TV. I'm, I'm laughing at him. So I was like, dude, this is your chance. Learn a little bit about college basketball. You never know. You know, plus he's a Clemson fan, and Clemson's never a basketball school. So, <laughs> all right. What we're going to do now is uh, we'll take our bottom of the hour break real quick, and then we're going to come back. And it's time to talk some baseball. And Kevin Cash announced the rotation to start the season. We're going to break that down. And I really want to talk about bullpen day because I need, I need a better explanation from uh, the front office here about this, or at least Kevin Cash. Uh, the reasoning behind the bullpen day. I want to know a little bit more about that. Who's actually going to pitch? And let's talk a little bit about Nathan Avaldi too, because coming back from Tommy John's surgery, they're trying to work him back into the rotation and build up arm strength. He was announced as a starter. Why isn't he part of the bullpen? We'll talk about that next on 1070 NBC Sports, the Larry Timko Show, brought to you by Mary Brown's Diner on Placida Road in Englewood, across from Lemon Bay High School. Hi, it's John Stashower. Thanks for listening to Southwest Florida's all-new WKII NBC Sports. Be sure to check me out at 1070NBCSports.com. Peace of mind. It's one of the most important things we can have and sometimes the most elusive. I'm Ellie Anajar from the Law Offices of Anajar and Levine. If you've been injured as a result of someone else's negligence, call the Law Offices of Anajar and Levine at 1-800-747-FREE. Office in Naples. He learned to pitch in your backyard. Now his team's coming over to celebrate their high school championship. So you need to patch those bare spots fast. Pennington One Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington's been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. Get your lawn ready for any occasion. Head to your local retailer to pick up One Step Complete. We're here today with Sage Kimsey, four-time PRCA world champion bull rider and Wrangler-sponsored athlete. Hey, Sage, i got to ask you this question because I, I, I find it so hard to believe. There's a rumor going around that you've never been thrown. Is that true? It's not true. Um, you know, anybody that's put their Wrangler jeans on and gotten on a bull, at some point they've been thrown off. But, uh, you know, you just got to dust them off and, and get back on. There you have it. That's the question of the day. Brought to you by Boot Barn and Wrangler, proud sponsors of Rodeo. 
Stay tuned for the Howard's Pool World Did You Know History segment. Hi, this is Frank Desgan. Did you know that after DeSoto County was split into five counties, over 70 suggestions were submitted for naming the new one around Charlotte Harbor? A sampling, Punta Gorda, Pineapple, Harbor, Avocado, Beulah, Tarpon, Tourist, and my favorite, Mullet. All of the Punta Gorda Herald favored Fruitland, Charlotte, likely influenced by the harbor named in honor of King George III's wife, was chosen by 63% of the voters, joining Glades, Highlands, and Hardy as one of Florida's newest counties. Special thanks to our local Howard's Pool World for sponsoring this message. Hi, I'm Nick Jonas, and I'm here to tell you about Think It Up, a new initiative to activate student-powered, teacher-led learning projects. Students and teachers, how can you spark great learning experiences in your classrooms today? Join us at thinkitup.org. Oh my God. Easy money. Easy. Win $1,000. I won $1,000. $1,000. Yeah, I won $1,000. I won $1,000. Every hour, every weekday. Every hour, every day. Super easy. So easy. Easy. Yes. yes. Money. I just won $1,000. I just won $1,000. I just won $1,000. I won $1,000. $1,000. I won $1,000. Oh, how easy it is to win. I put it in my phone with text 200, 200 in their cards and saying I won $1,000. Easy money. Your chance to win. Brought to you by... Did you know Moe's caters everything? Seriously. From baby showers to meteor showers, first birthday parties to retirement parties, and graduations to reunions. So order today at moes.com slash catering for your next office lunch or get-together. As the Tampa Bay Lightning continue to prepare for their game Saturday night against the Boston Bruins, the team could be getting back one of their more important players over the weekend. Andre Pallott is back practicing with the team after missing the past 24 games with a lower body injury. Pallott says he's excited to get back and play. Yeah, I am. You know, I want to be ready for playoffs and uh, I need to, you know, I need to get some games uh, in the regular season. Make sure, like I said, uh, my confidence is back, my timing is back. That's, that's the most important for me. Speaking of injuries, the Boston Bruins are dealing with their fair share. Zdeno Chara, Charlie McAvoy, Jake DeBrusque, and Patrice Bergeron all are expected to miss Saturday's game against the Lightning. With your Lightning Report, I'm Greg Linnelli. Just a young gun. Welcome back to the Larry Timko Show on 1070 NBC Sports. Tampa Bay Lightning against the Boston Bruins tomorrow. That is a big-time game as the Bruins are trailing the Lightning very closely. Uh, That game actually will not be aired tomorrow on 1070 NBC Sports as we'll be full-on college basketball for the NCAA tournament. So all coverage and games start tomorrow at noon right here on 1070 NBC Sports. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash announced that the starting rotation is set. He announced it yesterday following the loss to the Twins at Charlotte Sports Park. As expected, Chris Archer will be the opening day starter for the fourth year in a row. Pitching the opener against the Red Sox at Tropicana Field. That game will be at 4 o'clock in 13 days. And, of course, will be airing live right here on 1070 NBC Sports. The number two starter is going to be Blake Snell. He's going to pitch number two. Then the Rays are going to go with a bullpen day on their third game against the Red Sox. Interesting. Nathan Ovaldi, who's returning after two Tommy John surgeries, is going to start game four against the Red Sox. 
And then Jake Faria will be the fifth starter, and he'll start the opener against the Yankees in New York. Interesting. The Rays announced earlier in the spring that they did intend to use four starters in their rotation and that they were going to use bullpen days, where they will have those combined efforts by the bullpen to serve as the team's fifth starter. However, Cash's announcement about such a measure in the third game of the season, that's a big surprise. Now, the way he explained it, and I quote, the reasoning behind the bullpen day on game three, it just allows us with all the off days to manage, specifically Nate Ovaldi's workload coming out of the gate. Ovaldi, who missed all of last season, called Thursday's news as part of the goal to come back from surgery, be healthy, and help out the starting rotation, go out there and compete every day and give the team a good chance to win. All right, here's my situation, though. Chris Archer starts game one, gets shelled, gives up a bunch of home runs, pitches four innings. He's out. Go to the bullpen. The next day, Blake Snell's pitching. We all know we, Blake Snell, when he's on, he's great. But he's had struggles with his control, and he tends to walk a lot of batters and throw a lot of high full counts. So we're thinking, Blake Snell, there's a good chance he could be at 100 pitches by the fifth inning. Then what do you got to do? You got to go to the bullpen. So that's two straight days of going to the bullpen early. And then on day three, you got a bullpen game? And I'm assuming, I'm not sure, but I'm just assuming Matt Andres will start the bullpen game. And if that's the case, why doesn't he just become the game four starter and put Nathan Avaldi, who you're trying to manage innings, make him the bullpen guy, let him pitch three or four innings, and then let go to the bullpen? I think Nathan Avaldi belongs in the bullpen more than uh, Matt Andres does. Anyway... That's so, hey, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? Eric Andreas from Vasani's <laughs> in studio. Oh, we got a fun one this weekend with last comic standing winner John Heffron in town. Oh yeah, um, and a great feature too. So uh, who's we the have feature? Frank Del Pizzo. Oh, Frankie's in yeah, town. He's so, a headliner himself. Yeah, so we have two headliners. Okay, yeah, so it's a great, I'm great, great, great show. Sold out tonight. Sold out. Yeah, there's a waiting list. Um, I think we have. We have scattered seats. Um, we have a one top somewhere at the bar. <laughs> we got like a two top in the corner, yeah. uh, stuff like that. There's a couple couple tickets left for tonight, mm. um, and there is a waiting list. We always do get cancellations. Yeah. Um, so if you want to call and you know get put on the waiting list, they can do mm. that. Um, and then tomorrow, first show, same thing, pretty much sold out um, waiting list. And then second show, we have open. All seats. right. If you get a really long waiting list, is there a potential for a second show tonight? Not tonight. No. Okay. okay. No, no. Just we tried that last <laughs> week, and it just it didn't work out. And I, I may have to, you know, it's hard to add a show after when we do such a late start. Yeah. We do an eight thirty show on Fridays. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so that means the second show really can't start till eleven. So oh yeah. You know, and for this town, that's kind of late on a Friday night yeah, too. You know. Yeah. So, it, you know, what I may do, I may have to do, is you know, change our show times on Friday to eight. And then that'll make it a little easier to have to add a second show if we have to. Maybe even seven thirty. Yeah, it's too early. Too early on yeah, a Friday. Yeah, it's too early on a Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah, people getting off work. They have, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, eight eight would be the earliest. Yeah. Because I know it works great on Thursdays. That yeah. seven thirty show. I mean, it's no, no we do eight. Seven oh, thirties music. Oh, music Monday, yeah. Tuesdays. Sorry, yeah. eight o'clock on eight Thursdays. O'clock. Eight Wednesdays and Thursdays at eight. Yeah, that yeah. works out pretty well. Yeah, too. it does. It yeah. does. Eight's fine. You know, and mm-hmm. so that's why we're thinking about going to eight. Yeah. We're debating it. We may do it. We may not. Um, let's talk college basketball for a second. <laughs> I, I totally screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona. I took Arizona. But everybody in the – I'm sure everybody pulled Oh, up I, I had them losing uh, not next round but the round after. Okay. So I had them losing to um, 
Virginia. Yeah, but I'm sure everyone. You had them beat in Virginia. You hadn't win the I whole had, I had them win in the whole tournament. What's funny is you didn't even pick them. So, you know, I, I, I was looking at, if you look at the th- at yeah. the bracket, I, I know, it shows your looking. possible points. Yeah, I got it right here. It shows your, yeah, but and it shows I, and your. And I just realized I, I don't have Arizona there. Yeah. yeah, but look at your possible points. It's like 158 and everybody else is like 191. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you didn't pick a winner. Not only <laughs> that, the winner that I would have picked wouldn't have made it anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. So, <laughs> so it was a that's why I called you earlier. I was like, who'd you pick for real? You're like, Virginia. I'm like, okay, because I could have switched and had Duke. I, I should have lied. Yeah. But you see, I picked Kansas. <laughs> and a lot I'm too of, honest. I know. A lot of people pick Kansas, so I'm like, yeah. eh, we'll see. You know, I have Kansas playing North Carolina. All right. I think the game, though, I'm a Texas fan. I think oh, yeah. Texas and Nevada game is going to be great today at 4 o'clock or 4.30 or something I like, like that. I like Nevada. I actually have Nevada they going have to a Sweet great, 16. They have a great offense, but yeah. Texas is one of the best defensive te- t- teams in the, uh, in, the, in the whole tournament. Mm. You know, yeah. they have Mamba, who has like... Over 100 blocks, 180 blocks or something like that, you know, yeah. and he's missed some of the season. Um, yeah. He's coming back for the tournament. And, yeah. you know, they're a shutdown defense. They don't can't score, can't shoot the three worth of crap. Yeah. But you know what? I, I In the tournament, you don't live and die by the three. Yeah. You can't. Oh, no. You can't live and die by the three. And we don't shoot threes because mm. we're not good at it. So yeah. I'm hoping, uh, you know, there's a chance. I think it's going to be a good game. I just, I still, I'm cracking about Buffalo because I, I looked it up. Going all the way back to 1946, they've yeah. never put a single player in the NBA. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and they, they didn't just This was their beat. first trip to the NCAA. Yeah. They didn't just beat Arizona. No, they crushed them. They crushed them. Yeah. yeah. I, and yeah. I, really, I really thought they were going to rally because, you know, Arizona, the we were, I was waiting for them to rally. Yeah. The whole, I was well, watching it. I'm like, like, the reason, okay, my eventually. reasoning for them going to the Final Four is because you know the, the whole FBI investigation, I, yeah. you know Miller and everything. I really thought they were going to rally around that and say, "Listen, it, it, we're better than this." You yeah. know what I mean? I thought this was going to be a rallying point, and well, it, they just came out. Full well, so apparently, flat. the Pac-12 isn't that good. Pac-12 sucks. Yeah. First, <laughs> since they made the Big Twelve, which was like twenty something years ago, yeah. um, it, going back to nineteen eighty-five, yeah, first team in a major conference, mm-hmm. first time that a division in a major conference has not. Got past yeah. the first round. No Pac-12 team made it past the first round. Nope. Uh, it's yeah. actually the third time in history it's happened. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Going back to 1985, I, I talked about it the last break, but yeah, it was crazy. You know, I it's all the divisions. That's why I'm, I'm I bet heavily on the Big 12 this year. I think they're the strongest division. They're, they they every time they play mm-hmm. each other, it's it's a close game. You know, I think you know the Big 12's kind of proven this year. Yeah, but well, and the SEC we'll hasn't lost yet either. I know, which is weird because yeah. I think the SEC is the okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. The, their powerhouse has always been Kansas or Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kentucky almost lost to uh, to Davidson yesterday. That was a close game. Yeah. But Kentucky's a young team. They have yeah. a lot of talent, but they're a young team. And besides that, I don't know anything about Purdue. I don't know if they're good. Ohio State, they're okay. Yeah, they're playing at Zaga. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think yeah. they used to Michigan Ohio State game. played yesterday, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they beat South Dakota. Yeah. 81-73. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like the Michigan Houston matchup six versus three there. That's yeah. gonna be a fun game to watch. Yeah, that's uh, gonna be fun. Uh, Texas Tech at Florida. I think Tech can get by them. Uh, Butler's I have, tenth. You know, Purdue's two. So I, yeah. I, I have Purdue playing Florida. I got Florida beating Texas Tech in an upset. I don't even remember what I have. To okay, be honest, yeah. I think I may have Texas Tech winning. I told you I bet heavy on the Big yeah, Twelve. That's so. why I figured. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, don't re- I only have, I have the bracket in front of me. That's yeah, no, I, no, I, I have it in out. front of me. I just had to load it up on my phone. Okay, I, yeah. I printed it out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, and Michigan State's played Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse surprised a lot of people. They thought they were going. They a lot of people didn't even think Syracuse should be invited to the tournament. I know. I heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard that from all, you know all over the yeah. place. And now I'm worried about Michigan State because they've got the same kind of FBI investigation scrutiny going on. They too. say it's it's 
ridiculous. They, they they're not even scared. Neither was Arizona. Arizona apparently nothing happened from it. So well, no, they're still it's still concluding. It hasn't concluded. It, yet. Usually, when something like this happens, the first thing a, 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 a university does is fire the coach. Yeah, and then and they didn't. Yeah. They supported him. So you don't see that that, that often. or they discipline themselves before the yeah. NCAA can handle. Yeah, yeah but you know the first yeah. person to go is always the coach, and they backed him. Mm-hmm. You know they backed him strong. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know I don't. And I love, I mean, Michigan State is a, you know, they are a tournament team. Yeah. Um, Izzo's a tournament coach. They're built, that's what they're built for. Yeah. <laughs> they may, they never have the number one seed. They're nope. at least like two, three, four, or five. Uh, and they always, they seem always to make it get, long. Yeah, they always seem to get in the lead eight at least. Yeah, I, I, right. I always have them. Every time I do a bracket, I always have them going pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Hmm. I don't I'm just, I'm looking at what, who I got in the elite eight. And everybody's there except for Arizona still, so I'm happy about that. I have Texas Tech beating Florida. Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Texas Tech beating Florida. Right. So, And then I have them playing Purdue. Okay. I, got, um, yeah. I just don't know anything about Purdue. Are they good? I mean, they're a number two seed. I didn't, you know, I, maybe I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of Big 12, mm-hmm. Big 10, or, I'm sorry, SEC, bat, no, yeah. Big 10 basketball. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Big 12, but not Big yeah. 10. I mean, there's just certain things. You, you don't have to know much about college basketball to know that Villanova, Purdue, yeah. <laughs> these schools are always in the tournament. No, the Purdue isn't. Purdue isn't? No, they're not. A, they've never been a powerhouse in, in oh. college basketball. You can look at up, Purdue. I was surprised to see them as a number two team. Ah, Ears frozen up. I'll have to check later. I got <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm breaking this. It's been fun to watch. At least day one, it was fun. I, again, I was still devastated by the Arizona loss, but other than that, everything else. Kinda... Any, a lot of people were though. A lot yeah. of people had them going pretty yeah. far. I mean, I did take uh, uh, what's uh Miami to beat Loyola. But a lot of people took Loyola as a major upset. I know, which I did too. And yeah. the only reason I was doing my research and I was going through all these experts' brackets. And one of the common things, oh, the common upset that I saw um, was Loyola beating them. And I'm like, I don't know why we're doing this, but I will follow what the experts are telling me. And I picked that one. What a game that was, though. What are you looking for? I had this thing. It was, uh, it was called the Ken Palm Ratings for yeah. NCAA basketball. And this guy's usually spot on every single time. Yeah. And I wanted to check. For today to see how close he was. All right, because he said, okay, oh, here is a da, 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 top four potential first round upsets. He said he took Butler over Arkansas. That didn't work out. He took Oklahoma over Rhode Island. That didn't work out. Florida State over Missouri. That didn't work out. But he did take Loyola, Chicago over Miami. A lot of people did, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm telling you. So everybody... one out of his first round upsets, only one out of the four worked out for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't have Arizona on the list at all. But he's got Texas Tech as one of the top four defensive Texas teams. Texas Tech's a good team. Yeah. They're a good team. There's a lot of good defensive teams in the Big 12. Yeah. He said the top four teams as far as offense efficiency are Villanova, Purdue, Duke, and North Carolina. I thought Nevada was up there, no? Uh, no. Top four teams in defense are Virginia, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, and Tennessee. Okay. Uh, most underrated teams. He's got Duke. Underrated? Underrated. Michigan State, Gonzaga, and Isn't West Virginia. Isn't Duke like, are they a one or two? Uh, they're a two. Okay. And so, then, yeah, that, how's that under, and then, underrated? And then he said the underrated teams are Xavier, Kansas, Wichita, and then he had Arizona. <laughs> As overrated or underrated? Underrated. How, okay. Kansas is the number one seed. I know. How I don't are they get, underrated? Number one in the Midwest. I don't get Who it. Who is this guy? The Ken Palm ratings, they call it. But he said the best sleepers in the tournament were Houston, TCU, Clemson, and Nevada. So those are the sleepers, according to these ratings. Nevada's a good team. Yeah, oh, I, I have Nevada in the Sweet 16. Yeah, um, yeah. I have them actually, losing I, to Texas. I had them losing to Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I owe you some money. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. 
I'll get that to you today. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Sweet 16 for Purdue. They did make it in 2017. And then the last one before that is 2010. The Elite Eight. Okay. So it's a 2000, 94, 1980, 1969. Final Four, 1980 and 1969. Okay. Runner up, 1969. Um, so I don't even think they've ever won. You know, they've been making the tournaments, but they haven't been making it that far. Okay. Good so. to know. All right. We'll take our final break. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's the Larry Timko Show brought to you by Mary Brown's Diner on 1070 NBC Sports. Believe it and it will happen. Our team, our town. Your sports passion play out at Southwest Florida's new 1070 NBC Sports Radio. Stay tuned for the Howard's Pool World Did You Know History Segment. Hi, this is Frank Desgan. Did you know that prior to its creation in 1921, Charlotte County was a portion of five other counties? Prior to 1845 statehood, the Charlotte Harbor area was in both Alachua and Monroe counties. After statehood, it became part of Hillsborough County. Then in 1855, Manatee County was created to include the Charlotte Harbor area. In early 1887, Florida's legislature created DeSoto County from a portion of Manatee. Then finally, in April 1921, divided DeSoto into five counties, one of which became Charlotte. Special thanks to our local Howard's Pool World for sponsoring this message. This is Smart Hacks for your smart speakers. I'm Stacy Walter. Did you know that Alexa will read bedtime stories to your child? Yeah, just say, Alexa, tell bedtime story to Billy, and you can both sit back until one of you falls asleep. Once upon a time. Alexa also connects you to your favorite live radio stations with iHeartRadio. Tell Alexa to play your favorite iHeartRadio station like this. Alexa, play iHeart80s. Playing iHeart80s on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio has all your favorite music and radio on your smart speaker. This has been Smart Hacks for your smart speakers. Oh my god. Easy money. Win $1,000. I want $1,000. You're telling me I want $1,000. I won $1,000. Yes, I won $1,000. Every hour, every weekday. Every hour, every day. Super easy. So easy. Easy. Yes. Money. I just won $1,000. 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 I 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 won $1,000. Your chance to win. Brought to you by... Welcome to the Moe's! Did you know Moe's caters everything? Seriously. From baby showers to meteor showers. First birthday parties to retirement parties. And graduations to reunions. So order today at moes.com slash catering for your next office lunch or get-together. Here's what's coming up on the USF Bulls Report. Two games for softball today. Baseball gets ready for Army and women's basketball prepares for the NCAA tournament. That's coming up on the Bulls Report after this. 11 states, 13 institutions, some of the nation's largest markets. There is power in our size. Over 360,000 students, 2.6 million alumni. Their influence is power and 21 championship caliber sports. We compete with power that make up a Power Six conference known across the country as the American. This is the USF Bulls Report with Jim Lauk. The USF softball team takes a 10-game winning streak into weekend action. They start on campus today with games against Lehigh and Elon, 
and continue in Clearwater tomorrow with St. Joseph's and Princeton. The Bulls are 17-12 on the season. Baseball has won five in a row and has a three-game series against Army over the weekend. Shane McClanahan gets the ball tonight. Our pregame show begins right here at 645 with the first pitch at 7. Only one week until conference play begins for the Bulls. A little bit to our north, women's basketball is getting ready for an NCAA tournament date with the Buffalo Bulls. Airtime 1 o'clock for a 1.15 tip on Saturday in Tallahassee. If the Bulls can get by Buffalo, they will play the winner of Florida State and Little Rock on Monday for a spot in the Sweet 16. I'm Jim Lauk. That's today's Bulls Report. Welcome back to the Larry Tipko Show on 1070 NBC Sports with Eric Andreas in studios. We get ready for another fun weekend at Vasani's right here on Kings Highway. Last comic standing champ on stage this week with Frank Del Pizzo. We're talking about John Heffron. Nice. Heffron. Uh, Heffron. One Heffron. show tonight. Heffron. Yeah, it's an Irish. Irish oh. Heffron. Heffron. Yeah, Got yeah, it. I always used to say Heffron too, but yeah. it's actually Heffron. There goes my phone. Oh, is it John? You're, no. you're saying my name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one of my. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's one of my uh, order guys. You okay. know, so is that yeah. something you need to take? No. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he can wait. All right. Yeah. Uh, talking a little NFL football real quick. Uh, we were talking about Earl Thomas wants to play for Dallas. Seattle's willing to trade him, but they want a first and third round pick for him. Plus, Earl Thomas, on top of that, said he wants to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. You don't have the money. Don't have the money. Yeah. Cowboys are not going to do that. We don't even yeah. have the money to sign Nottingham. He's a Texas too. boy, though. Yeah, he is. And I know he went to University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he went to high school there, but he is a Texas boy. I have to look that up. Yeah. I watched him at UT yeah. his whole career. I loved him. But the One Cowboys, they have no salary cap space. Yeah. Um, basically, if we spend money on free agency, we won't have no money to pay I the people you we're the, drafting. I think you have the least amount in the league. Yeah. So you and uh, Kansas City are one and two, and then uh, Steelers are three, actually. Wow. So yeah. Honey Badger's After out. After restructuring. Nautica Sue, minimum, is going to take $9 million. Can't yeah. afford that. He's, He's gonna, still getting paid by the... I know. By the uh, why does he need nine million if he's still getting paid by Miami? Because he's he, he considers himself. He's according to Pro Football Focus, he's still a top ten defensive tackle. And how many defensive tackles you know can actually get to a quarterback? And True, there's not too many. True, but he's getting up there in age, and he's not a good team guy. He's not a good team guy. No. At all. He's definitely a me guy. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was kind of surprised. I, I thought maybe Detroit would throw their hat in the ring and try to bring him back. Just, why would they do that? Hmm? It was a nightmare. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just he just put that th- team through so much hmm. crap, especially with all the dirty plays that he did, hmm. and the, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, if he was smart and wanted to really win, yeah. he would call Houston. <laughs> you know, team of what we Clowney and JJ Watt. Oh my God, or Cyril Darius. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that defense would be monster. incredible. And then they have a good young quarterback. They yeah. have a chance. Yeah, you know? when he stays healthy, he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he does. Sean Watson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's talk about them real quick. <sighs> all right, Martavius Bryant, still kind of a crybaby. Still. Yeah. Gonna, would you go? We actually, the NFL just gave him a raise, a performance yeah, raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, So Prescott got one too. By yeah. the way, uh, how would you feel about uh, bringing in a Michael Crabtree to team up with Antonio Brown? Because I like, I I know you think he's a head case, but the Steelers yeah. can deal with head cases. They can. <laughs> They've I'm, done it before, like Garrett Blunt. I'm happy with our receiving core. Are you? You know what I mean? I don't. Are you, aren't you just slightly worried about a sophomore slump for Schuster Smith? No, no, no. He's such a hard worker. He's okay. not. Like, it's not like he's this. Breakout receiver. I mean, like that. He's you know has to make. He gets open. You know, he's a slot guy. He gets open. He finds ways to get open. He has never disappointed me. 
You know what I mean? When he needs to be there, he be, he's, mm. he's just a hard worker. He's a blocker. He's a Heinz Ward. Yeah. He's the next Heinz Ward. I'm okay. not worried about the sophomore slump at all. It, you know, he's not Martavius Bryant. He's not a head case. His head's there. Yeah. He works harder than, you know, just as hard as Antonio Brown. He has a good person to look up to in Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see you know, what we got from him. But we did lose Eli Rogers. Yeah. But, so eh, that's our small slot receiver. He's kind of a Sammy lost. Coates kind of guy anyway. You actually could bring Sammy Coates back. He got cut by the Browns. Yeah. Why would we bring him back? <laughs> yeah. He, he oh, couldn't yeah. catch. And there was also a trade between the Browns and the Patriots. They brought in the other McCourty. So the Patriots now are sporting the Twins. Oh, really? Both the McCourty brothers are going to oh, play okay. together. Well, I didn't safety see that. Corner. I didn't yeah. see that. It's a small time deal that went down last well, night. Like, offensively, the Steelers are pretty, you know, set. Maybe you know, draft another uh, receiver. We know we're good at drafting receivers. Yeah, you know, we, that we've proven that the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need a safety, and we need an inside linebacker. Yeah, you know, losing um, Chase here is is that just sucks. terrible, and he's still hitting. I don't know how the salary, but he's still apparently hitting. I know we have to pay him because he has guaranteed money, but mm-hmm. don't we get any kind of Compensate. compensation that he's not on the field? I don't know. That still hits like an injury compensation. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to look that one yeah, up. Yeah, that kind of because apparently mm-hmm. he's still hitting our cap. Yeah, because he's getting like eight million or yeah. something. But you the know? Steelers, they know how to draft receivers. They know how to draft linebackers. Yeah. So uh, Chase they don't know how to draft cornerbacks. <laughs> no. That's about it. Yeah, that's we'll true. see. We have a, good, a couple good young people. We need a safety. We lost Mitchell. Yeah, they're talking about bringing him back for a less amount of money. Yeah. but there's a couple good safeties out there. There's a guy from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Maybe Reed or something oh, yeah. like that. Uh, or, he's, he thinks he's being blackballed right because now because of his protesting. Yes. That's over with. Let's just forget about exactly. all that. You know what I mean? Um, and he's he's great. Mm-hmm. He's a great oh, tackling uh, pro bowler too. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then Tyron Matthew, who's still what 27? 25. 25. He's such a young kid. Yeah, for I mean, a free agent. I know he's coming back off of an. Injury, yeah. Um, but he played well last year mm-hmm. when he played, mm-hmm. um, and he played corner or safety. Yeah, and he but he still wants eight million, and he can return punts and kicks too. I know, I guy's know. very versatile, uh, and he wants his exact words. He wants to go to a team that it feels like a team. Mm-hmm. He wants to go to a team that cares about defense, and you know, our closest a team, and it feels like a team, and he wants to immerse himself. In football, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go to a team where he's not going to immerse himself in football. That's his exact words. Yeah. And there's only a couple franchises out there like that, and of course Pittsburgh is one of them. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are one of them. You know what I mean? Um, a I couple don't of know. Go- I, I don't think the Patriots are such a great organization anymore. <laughs> and all the stuff that's coming out of Boston right now, I'm hearing Gronk's not happy with Belichick. I'm hearing no, Brady and no Belichick. One's, no one's happy playing there because yeah. it's not fun. That's what I'm hearing. You know, but they still immerse themselves in football. They're still doing something right, but mm-hmm. it's not fun. No, you know, no one likes going to work. He works them to, to death, you know, and it works. Okay, but... let me ask you this: How about reuniting the Pouncey brothers? Since Mike Pouncey just got cut by Miami, oh, he did. But we don't need another offensive lineman. And how is Mike Pouncey? He's got hip problems. Yeah, is he good? He's not his brother. <laughs> no, he played all sixteen games last year okay. for Miami, though, yeah. despite the hip issues. Yeah. But there, he was uh, there was a medical. Thing that said he probably shouldn't play football anymore. He oh. said, "Screw that! I'm still playing." <laughs> oh, that's great because <laughs> of the hip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's I, yeah. I, I, our offensive line's pretty set. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we need a back, some backup guys. But I'm happy. Our offensive line was one of the best in the league last year. Oh yeah, we don't have the money to spend on that crap. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, we don't have any money. Situation. We have six million dollars. Yeah, and we still have to sign our draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's the Cowboys' problem. They're yeah, trying, they, less, they, you have less than us. Yeah, we can't even resign our own players, let alone dabble in free agency. Yeah. You know, we're we're waiting for the market to bottom. Out and say, hey, who can we give a veteran well, league minimum to? <laughs> it's pretty much what it is, yeah. you know. It, it, 
It sucks, but you know what? You have good players and you draft good players. That's a problem. You know, we mm-hmm. have we had a lot of good players that we had to keep, mm-hmm. and now we have to pay you know Bell fourteen and a half million for this mm-hmm. year because he wouldn't sign it, and yeah. we could have given a lot of that up front and not taken such a hit if he would have signed that deal that we offered him. But of course, he didn't sign that. I, you know, I don't know if I value Pro Bowl players anymore because over the last ten years, you know what teams put the most players in the Pro Bowl? Who the Cowboys? <laughs> Is that because of? You know the, how big your your you know fan base is. You think? Because, well, yeah, because of voting, probably right. Yeah, yeah the voting fan base. Because I, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. I I, mean, I can name maybe three Pro Bowlers from your team. Oh, the offensive <laughs> you know, line. The offensive line. That's yeah. it. Des Bryant's not a Pro Bowler uh, anymore. No, he was. Yeah. But you oh. know, you have your offensive line. You have a couple defensive studs, maybe. But Demarcus Lawrence is the only one I can name. Yeah. And I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Uh, yeah. 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 That doesn't Demarco- make sense. You haven't won a you haven't won a playoff game in a while. Uh since the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, wait, no, Romo won one. Yeah. Didn't he lose in the championship game? Yes, we lost to that was the Packers. That, yeah, it? and that's when he was still uh, holding kick, holding. Uh, oh, that was the Seahawks. Kicks. That was the Seahawks okay. game. That yeah. was the K ball game. That yeah. was his first playoff game that we lost. Oh, I thought that was further in. No, thought, no? that okay. was his very first playoff yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> the K ball incident. <laughs> Why K-ball? reminding me? Why K ball? That's what they called it, the K ball, because it, it had that special slippery coat on it or whatever. Okay. okay. Yeah, so they called it the K ball. Well, he shouldn't have been holding the ball anymore. Oh, God. I know no. it was the backup, but it's, they should have got somebody else in there because he mm-hmm. worked his butt off that game and you knew he had to have been a little tired. Oh, yeah. And not focused, you know? Yep. And then he botches the extra point hold and tries to run for it and gets yeah. stopped the one yard. I remember. Yeah. I remember. I, was, I wasn't rooting for you. It was a good yeah. game. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't remember the wins. I just remember the losses. <laughs> I remember the wins. you got to remember the wins, man. That's what football's all about. Only the Super Bowl wins. Uh, that's a long time ago. Last one was against the Steelers in 1995. Old-timers about to kick in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to forget all about well, it. I remember that game. Trust me. I remember Neil O'Donnell throwing two... Uh, Interceptions to one of the worst. <laughs> the guy right. that Larry got the, Brown. Larry Brown, who got one of the worst <laughs> contracts in the history because of that. Oh, because speak, he was the MVP. Real quick before we get out of here, Ryan Grant, his contract was voided by the Ravens because he couldn't pass a physical. So that $20 million contract is out the door, and he's probably going to get nothing after this. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. One of the worst signings of the year, and it got voided, thankfully, for the Ravens. They got lucky. Uh, All right, don't forget, Vasani's for tickets. Log on to Vasani.net, 941-629-9191. You might be put on a waiting list, but some really great shows coming down. You can just log on to Vasani.net to get all that information. For Eric Andreas, I'm Larry Timko. Till Monday, if we don't see you in the future, we'll see you in the past year. I'm Tony Goldwyn. 20 years ago.